You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I've got a question for you. Do you believe in superheroes? Do you believe in superheroes? You know, we see these incredible films now out there on the interwebs and of course in theaters and at home and just the landscape of that whole phenomenon is really interesting but this goes back to the days of you know the comic book genre you know and people really believing that there are these superhuman uh, individuals that are walking around and there to protect us when we're in need right so do you believe in superheroes i'll tell you right out I'm a huge fan of superheroes and I believe that they exist, but it's the everyday men and women who are choosing to step into their greatness. That's who the real superheroes are. And there are also superhero trainers, all right? People who really help to cultivate and churn out the greatness in all of us. And we have one of those individuals on the show today, all right? It's gonna knock your socks off. And you're gonna see also the direct connection to the superheroes that you see on the screen as well. Before we do that, got to tell you, listen, I've been through a lot recently, a lot of travel, a lot of this and that, a lot of new projects. And man, when I'm getting into the gym, because you know, we still have to get it in. All right. Superheroes have to handle their business. And here's why I use on it. Now, this is a double blind placebo controlled study. All right. This is the gold standard of studies. This isn't like, you know what? Cousin Vinny said that this works. So try it. All right. It's not like that. It's not the stuff coming out the back of the van on, you know, it's not that. All right. So double blind placebo controlled study. And this was a 12 week study clinical trial at Florida state university. And they utilized participants and checked out all the different metrics during training, utilizing shroom tech sport. Here's the results. Number one, they found it, it was uh, shown to increase bench press reps by 12%, right? 12% is significant. Shown to increase bench press and back squat reps by 7%. Shown to increase cart, and that, by the way, that's a superset, right? And also shown to increase cardiovascular performance by 8.8%, pretty phenomenal. Now, the main constituent, the reason that I use Shroom Tech Sport is that it's based on earth grown nutrients. All right, this isn't some synthetic weird, this is based on cordyceps mushroom is the main constituent and it's been utilized for literally thousands of years. And here's another study published in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise, looked at 30 healthy athletes for six weeks to record the effects of cordyceps, cordyceps I said cordyceps, all right, cordyceps on their performance. By the way, there's some evidence of its ability to improve libido. All right, clinical trial, FYI. Uh, so I guess that was a Freudian slip, is that what they call it? Yeah, so on their performance, the group that added cordyceps to their daily regimen had twice the oxygen intake of the control group. And oxygen is essential to transport nutrients to your muscles, uh, preventing fatigue, helping to prevent lactic acid buildup. Really, really powerful stuff. And another study done by the same group showed a 9% increase in overall aerobic activity from taking cordyceps. Listen. If you're not taking Shroom Tech Sports, what are you doing? Head over there, check them out. Onnit.com forward slash model. That's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model. You get 10% off that and all of their other health and human performance supplements. Highly, highly recommend them. All right, again, based on earth-grown nutrients. And on that note, let's get to our iTunes review of the week. Another five-star review titled, My Favorite Podcast Station by Far by That Buoyant. 
I've been listening to The Model Health Show for the past six months, and what I've learned in that short amount of time has changed my perspective on a lot of things regarding health and wellness. It has made me more aware of my environment, food, chemicals, and so much more. Listening to this podcast is like taking a masterclass on nutrition and health. Sean is all about delivering facts and giving you the tools to perform at your peak in any aspect of life. You are certainly missing out if you don't listen to The Model Health Show. Wow, that was awesome. Thank you so much for leaving me that review over on iTunes. And listen, everybody, please keep them coming. If you've yet to leave a review, please pop over and do so. Just hit pause, leave the review, come back. I promise I will be here. All right, I truly, truly do appreciate that. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is Don Saladino, and he's one of the nation's most sought-after performance experts and in high demand as a personal trainer for professional athletes, golfers, and celebrities. His client roster includes the likes of Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian Stan, Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, and more. And he also serves as a brand ambassador for several top-tier health brands. Don graduated from Sacred Heart University in 1999 with a Bachelor's of Science, where he played four years Division I baseball and served as team captain as well. And his state-of-the-art training studio is located in NYC, and he lives outside the city in Cold Springs Harbor, New York with his wife and two children. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, the one and only Don Saladino. How's it going today, man? What's up, my man? Thanks for having me on. Really excited. Oh, it's totally my pleasure. I've got so many things I want to talk to you about. But first of all, let's talk about your superhero origin story yourself, man. <laughs> what love got, love was Don as a kid, was he just like super into fitness? What what got you interested in this space in the first place? You know, I, I would I would backtrack to about the second grade when, uh, you know, I developed a hearing problem had a pretty serious stutter as a kid and uh, you know, I was kind of struggling to find myself in school. Um, my dad was a serious baseball player growing up. So he introduced me to the sport and it was really my, you know, it was my avenue. It's kind of my, it was my escape. And I dove into that and became really good at that. And it was the way I can excel from a lot of my peers. Um, and then at a specific time, you, you, you just start diving into, well, how do I improve this? How do I enhance this? You know, athletes in the mid to late 80s started getting a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, I started telling myself in the early 90s, I'm going to get a lot stronger. You know, start diving into nutrition. You know, you come back to school, all the girls are looking at you going, oh, my God, look at your muscles. And it was just like this whole it was just this whole approach, man. It was just, you know, looking at guys on magazine covers like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Michael Hearn and just saying to yourself, wow, like I, I want to, you know, I, I want some of that. And it was just, you know, slowly climbing into that. And, you know, I mean, now it's, you know, I started out, I was probably 16 years old with the exercise and, mm-hmm. and, and the real kind of regimented weight training. The nutrition probably started about then. And it's been an evolution since. I right. mean, I just shot the cover of Muscle and Fitness and I was on it in March. And um, my my diet's still evolving. So yeah. it's just been, it's been an incredible field for me to be in. It's been a lot of fun. Man, I love that word evolve as you're talking yeah. about this. And that's something that I picked up and I shared this with you earlier that you as, as incredible your career has been, you're somebody who's kind of outwardly like a, a, a lifetime student. And I really admire that about you and the willingness to evolve because things change. Like you, like you said earlier before, the, before we got started, like we know a tiny bit and we can maximize that, but it's just like so much more to learn and it's incredibly exciting. And so with that said, I want to talk about some of that stuff because, you know, there's going to be a big misconception, you know, when we see these people on the big screen and their, their physiques and, you know, 
Is there programs that when we think about this, like an exercise program that's geared towards somebody who's shooting a movie, is that going to be radically different than somebody who's just trying to get in shape? No, you know, it's really not. I mean, you know, I, I give them a lot of credit because when I'm getting these actors ready, whether it's Ryan Reynolds or Sebastian Stan, when they dive into their role and when they commit to what they have to prepare for, it's as good, if not better than any professional athlete I've ever seen. Like they are doing every component of that health and wellness umbrella. You know, we're monitoring their sleep. You know, sometimes I might be sending them for blood work or we're, we're measuring cortisol level, adrenals, et cetera. That's a real intense way of diving into it. And a lot of people don't necessarily might not have those means, but, um, you know, they walk around all year long in pretty good shape, no matter what role they're playing, even if they have to lose muscle, you know, they're doing mobility and foam rolling. I might have them do belly breathing in the morning. They're making good choices, maybe following more of an 80-20 rule approach during the week rather than Ryan when he gets ready for Deadpool. He's all in with his diet. Whether he has a shirt on or not, it's more of the, the mental aspect. Mm. And um, I, I think that's the most important part because even like I just prepared Dave Harbour. He's playing um, – he's the actor from the uh, show Stranger Things and I prepared him for Hellboy. Yeah. This was a guy when we started with him, he had back problems. He couldn't deadlift a 24-kilogram kettlebell and nine weeks later, he's pulling 400 pounds off the floor comfortably. So even though he had to wear a prosthetic suit, it was the mental aspect of mm -hmm. it. it. It was him getting into that suit knowing – Wait a second. I'm a strong dude, man. I'm six foot four. I'm 250 pounds. And even though I really haven't lost weight since I started nine weeks ago, I'm a strong guy. And I think that itself going in with that approach, that's the most empowering thing to see of people when you when you introduce them into this world, how they just how their confidence just improves. Wow, that's powerful, man. And I'm so glad you took it that direction because. I already know the answer. It's just like, it's not the program, it's the approach, oh, right? Yeah. It's the mindset, exactly. man, it's so powerful. And so with that said, you know, let's talk a little bit about the programs themselves, just a little bit, which is, are these workouts, when we talk about what uh, Sebastian Stan is doing, for example, who's playing the Winter Soldier in uh, these various movies, right, Bucky. And yeah. are these workouts pain, like when you see them again, you're just like, they must work out for three hours a day. Are they painstakingly long? What's the difference? No, nah, man, they're, they're smart. Uh, so what it is, is that, uh, there's, I never, I always say it's never the routine. Like I've been writing routines for the last 19 years of my career and routines I've written 13 years ago are still great. I mean, now I'm, I'm, I'm I've realized with my years that probably there's a less is more approach and that specific really good movements have carryover and your exercise routine doesn't need to look like a Chinese menu. But with someone like Seb, I mean, we could have prepared him for that role with, you know, a high frequency split of training, you know, full bodies. We could have done it with kettlebells. It really doesn't matter. I, I think what it really comes down to is paying attention to that individual day in and day out and not thinking you have to take that rocky type approach because that's what's ruining a lot of people in fitness. Yeah. They're always relating success to the sweat and they're never listening to their bodies. And you know, thank you for clapping. But yeah, I'm you know, clapping you know, over here. <laughs> it was it was one hour ago when I was training with my team and I trained with a team in here. One of my guys who was a, a kettlebell sport, you know, um instructor, you know, we've been doing more hard style work and he's looking at me going, yeah, I'm just beat up today. And I said, all right, man, let's just downshift you a little bit. And, and to me, that's training rather yes. than going into a group class and just running and sweating. It's smarter. Yeah, because, you know, 
Uh, I spent over a decade strength and conditioning coach and people, a lot of times they feel like if they're not running to the ground, like they didn't get a great workout, you know, and sometimes people need to work in more than work out, you know? And so just hearing that as a parallel and consistency is really important. Um, I want to ask you about different training styles because you mentioned David Harbour, right? And so he's, like you said, he plays on Stranger Things. He's the police officer there, like the hero, one of the hero figures. And also, so he's playing Hellboy, which is going to be coming out, I think maybe 2019 and just kind of rebooting that. And man, I know he's going to crush it, but the training objectives, right? They're going to be different. So can you talk a little bit about the comparisons? Like what is the workout style for somebody like him versus a Ryan Reynolds? You know, there's a lot more similarities than most people would think. I mean, a lot, a lot more of it comes down to diet. I mean, there's one thing that I have in common with almost everyone I work with. And I would say everyone I work with is the first thing I pay attention to is movement. So I, I, I don't care if they're a model. I don't care if there's a superhero professional uh, player of, of, a, of a sport. I want to make sure their bodies are resilient because a lot of these guys and girls are, you know, they're doing their own stunts now and they have the stress of having to shoot 15, 16 hours a day you know, a day. So there's a lot of similarities in their training. I think where the difference really comes down to is, you know, there are little things with like Ryan's body, Ryan's body always looks good. So my thing with Ryan is that when we get him started, how resilient can I make him for that period of time that he's shooting? Because he is so, he's one of the hardest working guys I've ever seen in Hollywood. And, you know, he's working 15, 16, 17 hour days at least. So if he starts feeling kind of junky and he's starting to feel tired or his body's breaking down because he decided to jump through a window, which he's done, you know, I, I got to make sure that this guy is resilient and that I'm just keeping his confidence up and continuing to work on mobility, but keeping those initial lifts, those big lifts that make him feel great, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the deadlift, the Turkish get up, you know, some specific types of pressing. I, I, you know, I keep those strong on him because I know psychologically that might keep him really sharp. So whether they're trying to be really lean or someone like Dave who can keep his body fat up and needs to keep it up a little bit higher, the key is that I want them strong all around. Got it, got it. Resilient is the word that you use. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, you mentioned some of those specific lifts that I, I know intimately, like if we've got somebody coming in, you know, like you said, it doesn't matter if they're a model, you know, um, a fitness model, a, a female fitness competitor, or, you know, somebody who's uh, playing Hellboy and he needs to be big and strong, being able to pick heavy things up off the floor creates this sense of like, I can handle myself. Oh yeah. Right. So let's talk a little bit more about some of those exercise components. Uh, you mentioned a couple of them, like what are some key players that you feel like as foundational for a lot of folks can be valuable? I, I think the suitcase carry or a specific type of carry whether it's an, an overhead carry, a rack carry, a double rack carry, carrying weight, I feel like they're probably one of the safest and most underutilized tools yeah. in all of fitness. And, you know, it's funny, even when I go back and look at a lot of physique competitors, they're such an antiquated, and I'm friends with a lot of them and they know it, but they've almost been so stuck in one realm of training. And I watch it sometimes and I'm like, wow, guys, you're not optimizing your body. You're not optimizing your physique because you're trying to run a car with a parking brake on. And that's why they're always battling with injuries. So with me, it's a lot of, you know, I can't lay the program out for a year. Like I used to do that. I stopped. There's too many variables. But uh, but to answer your question, I mean, I think something like the farmer walk, the, you know, a specific type of carry, you can't beat that. Teaching the body how to throw things, you know, throwing med balls, 
you know, specific plyometrics where the body can move on different planes, I feel like is really important. And I get people to do that more in their warmups. But once they show me they can do all that, and they can get through the screening. Yeah, guess what? We're going to some type of a deadlift where we can pull weight off the floor or a variation of the squat, you know, depending on what their hips or their ankles allow them to do. It might be a box squat. It might be a double kettlebell squat. It might be a front squat. So it all depends on the individual, but I'm never glued to one tool. Um, that's kind of my methodology. I love that so much. I wasn't Thanks. expecting you to go there with the carries, <laughs> man. It's so true. That was a component that I left, like, you know, like you're speaking to my soul right now because I, I left I this out for, for like a couple of years. I'd randomly do it. And as a result, you know, traveling, being on flights all the time and these different, you know, back of Ubers everywhere, man, I start to have little tweaks with my, with my hips, you know? And so I integrated back you know, the one, one arm farmer carries and just doing different types of carries and just getting my, it's like, get your body reorganized. And so what I hear you saying is like these different exercises that exercise that get your body working in synchronicity. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's a name drop a little bit. You know, I had Emily Blunt in here the other day. She's walking through the gym, you know, carrying weight or Blake Lively. I mean, these are, these are, and I could say it, they're beautiful women with very feminine physiques, but they understand the importance and the empowerment of being strong. And they understand that picking up heavy things isn't going to get them bulky. You know, there, there's a reason why, you know, I might look a little bit more bulky. It's, you know, testosterone levels, growth hormone levels in the body naturally occurring. And the amount and the fact that I eat 4,000 plus calories. Okay, exactly. Exactly. So Blake's not going to eat as much as me. So, you know, we're, we're going to look completely different. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that too, man, because Thanks, man. even today we still, like, I just did a talk a couple weeks ago. And I was talking about the same thing. I got to put up a slide and say, you know, uh, deadlifts don't make you heavy donuts make you heavy, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it's really understanding, like even for guys, like, and I know, you know, this, like trying to get that amount of food in, especially when you're eating real food, oh, yeah. it's difficult. Like, it's like a little bit of a job itself, you know, a little part-time job you got to undertake. And most people are just simply not going to do that. So you don't have to worry about putting on all of that size, you know? So yeah, yeah thank everyone you. Everyone always thinks that everyone thinks they, they, they eat a lot, especially the guys who talk to me trying to put size on. They're like, I already eat a lot. And then when I break down their diet, I'm like, you're eating one big meal. Everything yeah. else is like, you know, you're a mouse. Like, so we got to fix this, man. But you, you nailed it. Let, actually, let's talk a little bit about this, all right, because in that same event, and this was when I did, um, it was a phenomenal life cruise. This was with Eric Thomas, who I've had on the show a couple of times, number one motivational speaker in the world. And so I was on stage and I was doing a Q&A and uh, one guy stood up and he asked about putting on size. And then I heard like rumbles in the room, like other, other people like, oh, sorry, you have that problem. You can't gain weight, right? And so, but that's a, the objective for many people. I did a show on this way back in the day. I'll put that in the show notes, but I think it's a great time to talk about it because you've done it successfully and helped other people to do it. It's really important. Like you got to eat, right? So oh, yeah. how do you go about that? You know, how do you go about like, for for example, I'll throw this out here before, before you, uh, I pass the mic to you, which is when we're growing up, our parents would be like, you know, you get your plate, like eat it all right? Mm -hmm. That's the kind of mentality you've got to have. Like you've got to be able to actually eat all your food, not only have it prepared and on standby, 
but eating your foods. Any other little tips you can add in the mix for folks who want to put on size? Yeah, you, you know what? I, every individual is different, and and I've got people who come to me where I take a very minimalistic approach because they don't need much to achieve their goals, and I always find that's a great approach. Now, unless I have someone coming in like a Ryan who's fanatical or a Seb who's like, I need to be world class, then yeah, I start pulling out the um, the apps that measure you know meals, and we could start tracking, and we could start looking into macronutrients, which I know freaks people out a little bit, but a lot of people would be surprised if you actually download it, and most of the apps are free, but you know, MyFitnessPal or one that I use called Chronometer, um, and you actually started logging what you ate during a day, I still do it for myself personally. Every day I log my meals because at the end of the day, for some reason, if I had, you know, a steak instead of chicken and my, and my fat's all off, you know, I want to know that because for me, this is not only my job, but it's a hobby. I enjoy it. So what I recommend for people to do is actually stop assuming that you think you're eating a lot and start actually tracking and getting a general idea on what you're really consuming. Cause a lot might turn a buddy of mine the other day turned, he said, I think I'm eating a lot. When I looked at his macros, this is a 200 pound guy consuming about hundred grams of protein a day. I said, come on, man. I said, seriously, like, look at this. And it's so simple for us, but other people, it's not. So I, you know, I think it's a few things. I think one, it depends on their goal. And if they're really looking to take it to that next level, it's going to take a little bit more effort. But if someone's really happy with their body and they just want to put on a few pounds, I don't think they have to go so, they don't have to start diving so far into it, but they need to start doing quantifiable measures. I say every week to see if they're putting on some size or not, you know, there's going to be a way to measure. I love it. I love it. And also what I'm hearing you say, too, is that for a lot of folks, like we don't have to be, quote, neurotic. You know, you can just be able to, you know, again, like we talked about this earlier, just eating real food. It's it's a good way. Your body's just going to manage its own satiety. Hormones are going to be doing the right thing, leptin and ghrelin. Um, but if you really have this goal and you're having a hard time, like wondering why, then actually pull back and maybe track it a little bit, you know, so kind, kind of Captain Obvious, but a lot of people don't do it. So start doing it. Let's talk about the idea that we can, and I, I know you've done this. I've done this as well. I work out, so I just eat whatever. Right. And so, so many folks are in the gym trying to outrun, literally outrun what they ate. Right. How successful can people be when they're trying to outrun or outtrain the food that they're eating versus eating food that supports their process? You know, it's funny. It's uh, I always say you can't outtrain a poor diet, but the reality is if someone's healthy and they take their shirt off and they feel good about themselves and they look good naked and they're like, no, I, I, I love them. Then who am I to tell them that they're not doing it right? I mean, I, I'm more of a believer that food is medicine. And I believe that as we get older, we're all going to kind of eventually run into problems if we're not respecting the process early on. So I think putting the aesthetic part aside, if someone aesthetically is like, I, I'm fine, I would do it more for the fact that, you know, our sleep and our food, it, it, it's like little doctors that are running into the body and they're cleaning everything up and they're fixing everything up. And, and that's how we repair and that's how we, you know, reduce that aging process. And that's how hormonally we, we kind of keep things in check. So, you know, I, I think there's two ways of looking at it. If someone's in there and they're doing cardio every day and they're not weight training and picking up heavy stuff and they're eating poorly, but they're working out seven days a week, then the answer is, is, you know, you gotta, you gotta start cleaning things up. At least 80% of your week, I would recommend should really be spot on. I mean, at the very least, and then leave the 20% to, you know, error and mistake and life in general. And I really think that's a good balance of moderation. But, um, you know, when you're someone like me who's trying to be, you know, ready 365 days a year for a cover, 
I don't have the luxury of being able to do that, but that's what makes me happy. So, you know, who am I to tell anyone that they're wrong because they're not following my, you know, my plan. I love it. Staying ready. I love that. You know, um, I think it's important to just kind of point people's attention to, you said this a couple of times now in relationship to sleep and hormones and how important like this nutrition isn't just for your, your physical appearance, right? You're actually making it more difficult on yourself. If you're like, like I was when I was 16, jamming down, you know, McDonald's double cheeseburgers and you know, whatever. I don't even think it was actually a real shake. The strawberry shake, it was like, <laughs> it was something, right? Some, some foreign yeah, some substance, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I'm just like, you know, I'm doing push-ups, you know, and I had a six-pack, right? But there's a big difference between health and fitness, right? I was not healthy, and I ended up having some big issues, but I had this incredible level of fitness. And so what are you making your body out of, right? Asking that question, what are your muscles actually made of? And also, what are your hormones doing? Because we really need to be eating not uh, a fitness based diet, but a hormone healthy diet, right? And so just thinking about that and keep that in context, what are the foods that are gonna help me to have healthy hormone function? Um, I would love to shift gears actually now, and I wanna go back to talking about the training because you know, you're know you one of the top people walking around the planet. There's this idea, and you've said this, you want them to be able to move. So let's talk about functionality in your workouts versus like fashionable workouts of just, you know, it's national bench press day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call them fluffy workouts. I mean, listen, I love the bench press. I mean, I, I still bench and I, I still think it's a valuable exercise. But I think the problem that I have is so many people will get so pigeonholed into one training approach and they don't start paying attention to how their body's moving or the inefficiency or, you know, thinking, you know, you know back squats aren't bad for you. They might be bad for you, but there's no reason why you can't squat or do a goblet squat. So I think it's important if you can to get an understanding, and this may sound complex, but like at my club here, everyone comes in and they go through a really basic screening. It's like a 10 minute screening and in their warm up, we find out you know, how they're moving and then we're able to kind of educate them a little bit on what exercises they need to be doing or not if they're not working with a coach. If they're with a coach, they have nothing to worry about. But a lot of people out there aren't gonna have that luxury. So my first, ounce of advice is if, you know, start videoing yourself, like doing exercises. I don't think this, I, this is something that I always do is I'll still to this day video myself doing kettlebell swings or squats. And, you know, I might, you know, show it to a, you know, show it to a trainer in your gym or, or if it just doesn't feel right, we, our bodies are smart. Like if you're sitting there squatting, your heels are raising up and your hips hurting you every day. Like it's probably the fact that you're either doing squats incorrectly or, or your body hasn't, earn that right for you to be squatting with the bar on your back or whatever mm. that might be. Yeah. So, you know, I just think a lot of times people are just, they're, they're, they're so intrigued on the program. Oh, that's, that's Ryan's program. Give it to me. And they'll, um, <laughs> they just start jumping into it and not realizing that, you know, what Ryan's doing is good for Ryan. It might not be good for you. I love that, man. The first time I've ever heard that your body hasn't earned the right to do it. That's powerful. Really, really powerful. And that's the problem. That's the problem with a lot of these group training components. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and bash, you know, CrossFit people. Someone asked me the other day, what do you think about CrossFit? And I was like, you know what? I've seen some good CrossFit boxes and I've seen some good coaches, but I just, the problem that I have is when someone's coming into the gym that, you know, has been sitting in a chair for the last 20 years, 10 hours a day. And now you have them doing jerks overhead and they have no, they have no thoracic mobility or they have no external rotation in their shoulders. And you have them doing an exercise that they have not earned the right to do. So I think there's still a, an easy way to give them that training effect that they're looking to. 
looking for, but there's no reason why they have to come into a one-size-fits-all exercise. I can get the same effect out of a med ball slam for someone that I would be doing with an Olympic barbell. Like, is it really going to matter? The answer is no, but a lot of fitness professionals out there want to own the process and like it's their methodology, like they created it. And I think as fitness professionals, we have to do a much better job of educating people. I think there's a lot of low-grade, there's a lot of low-grade coaches out there and it's making the jobs for us a little bit more difficult because we have to sit there and tell people, relax, let's take a step back and so we can move forward. Oh man, that's so good. And thank you, thank you, thank you. So everybody, this is a heads up for you because you are the owner of your own body to really understand like when you're coming into a situation, working with a trainer and there are lots of great trainers out there, but making sure that it's individualized, right? It's for you and your unique physiology, where you are right now in your life. And that can change by the way, but initially, yeah, some stuff is like, again, like you said, your body hasn't earned the right to do it yet. Very, very powerful. So next up, I want to talk to you about this concept of muscle failure. All right. So this is really fascinating stuff, but we're going to do that right after this quick break. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Don't sleep on sleep. Today, there is a big revolution happening to improve our sleep quality because we're understanding finally just how much our sleep quality impacts our physical performance, our brain function, and literally impacts our body composition. Sleep deprivation is something that can directly lead to increased fat gain and an inability to lose weight as well. With great sleep, we see an increased ability to burn fat, like the research that was done by the International Association for the Study of Obesity that found that our sleep quality, namely a sleep-related hormone called melatonin that everybody's heard of, increases your body's production of something called brown adipose tissue. This is a type of fat that actually burns fat. And the reason that it's brown versus the white adipose tissue is brown adipose tissue has a lot more mitochondria. And these are the energy power plants in our cells, very metabolically active tissue that we build more of when we get great sleep. Now, the issue today is getting that great sleep. And there's tons of lifestyle factors, but there's also a nutrition component. And there's a study that was published in the journal Pharmacology, Biochemistry, and Behavior that found that the renowned medicinal mushroom reishi was able to, number one, significantly decrease sleep latency. This means you fall asleep faster when you have reishi. They also found that this increased overall sleep time for study participants. And they found that this increased the sleep efficiency by improving the non-REM deep sleep and improving our light REM sleep as well. This comprehensive approach to improving sleep, it's not pounding our sleep into submission, what we see with conventional drugs and things of that nature, where it's kind of like pseudo sleep. This is actually improving your sleep quality, your sleep efficiency by utilizing Rishi. Now, the only Rishi that I use is from Four Sigmatic because it's dual extracted, where they're doing an alcohol extract and a hot water extract. So they're actually extracting all of the nutrients from the mushroom that you think you're getting with Company X, all right? You're actually getting those compounds. With the hot water extract, you're getting the beta-glucan related compounds. And then with the alcohol extract, you're getting more of the hormonal compounds. And I think these are really important for sleep, like the terpenes and things in that category and so much more. So make sure to use foursigmatic.com forward slash model to get your hands on this and so much more. So that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model. You get 15% off their Rishi elixir and all of their medicinal mushroom elixirs, 
coffees, hot cocos, and so much more. I love Four Sigmatic. I literally have them every single day, one of their different products. Today I had my Lion's Mane coffee mix. So, so good. And it has all of these benefits as well. If you're still drinking standard coffee, what are you doing? You need to get these benefits from the Four Sigmatic coffee mixes. Now, head over and check them out ASAP because these are absolutely game-changing. The coffee mix, great for in the morning. Rishi, great for in the evening and winding down. And they've got all of this research to back it up. And this is what it's all about, is having more education so that we're executing on the things that really do work, that have a clinically proven benefit, and we can actually enjoy ourselves and have a good time along the way. And again, that's foursigmatic.com forward slash model for 15% off everything. And now back to the show. All right, we are back and we're talking with the one and only Don Saladino, who is just killing, he's been killing it for years and helping people to really uh, achieve their superhero potential, right? With their with their physical health and also with their overall health and well-being because he's not just looking at this one piece. He's looking at things very holistically and how is your sleep? How are we uh, modulating your hormone function? What, what's going on with your nutrition? And he's got so much incredible knowledge and before the break, I mentioned muscle failure, right? So this is something that's one held belief. There's different approaches to this, but the idea that in order to get the progress we want, maybe we wanna work that muscle into complete failure. Is that what we need to be doing? So let's talk about muscle failure. Let's talk about time under tension. Sure. Yeah, let's go ahead. Sure, so you know, I think there's a time and place for everything. Um, again, uh, these are these are boring answers right now, and I really apologize, but I think it depends on the individual. And I think if you have someone coming in, or, or let's let's take some of your listeners who might be, you know, sleeping five hours a night or four hours a night, and they're under a lot of stress from work or relationships or not getting the nutrition that they want or that they need, um, I would say that muscle failure is probably the worst thing for them to do for themselves. Uh, I think it's going to be way too taxing on their central nervous system. I think they might feel great for the first week or so out of the gate and they might be like, wow, I'm sweating and I feel awesome. But in in time, they will, no doubt about it, start seeing a decline in their strength and in their energy. So I think it depends on the individual. I think for someone like myself who's pretty in tune with their body, do I train to muscle failure 365 days a year? Absolutely not. You know, I might take a couple of blocks of my training or a few weeks of my training and decide to train to muscle failure, but I also understand that I have to scale off of that. So um, I think it really comes down to your body's really smart. And if you're coming into the gym on a day and you're not feeling great, whoever said you can't see good progress by going through the motions. Mm, and I think wow. taking a little bit of an easier strength approach, I think this is something that, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is Rocky. I mean, how do you not love Rocky? But it was almost the worst movie ever for people when it came down to training because, you know, they want to revert back success to the Rocky three training scene of him sprinting on the beach, him and Apollo or yeah. climbing up the mountain in Rocky four till he's literally falling down. And it's really set a, it set a bad precedent for people because they're under the assumption that unless they're killing themselves, they're not going to see progress. And I tell people now, Don, I, I hate training more than 15 minutes. And I'm like, we'll train for 10. Well, am I going to see progress on that? I'm like, absolutely. If you don't train one day next year, but you train and break a sweat 10 minutes a day for 300, let's say 300 days, you don't think, of course you're going to see progress. You're going to sweat. Your body's going to feel better. You're going to be more active. So this assumption that you need six days a week at 90 minutes a clip, 
it's insane. It, it, like you're going to see progress doing – do something. You're going to see progress. Going to failure and taking the muscle to exhaustion is a very difficult thing to do. And yes, you might see a percentage increase on muscle stimulation. But the reality is it's probably going to be so minute that you're not going to see the difference at the end of the year. But your body's going to feel a lot different. So I would urge more people to kind of throttle back, get through the workouts with some confidence, feel really good, and then come back the next day with a high energy level. Oh, man. I love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much. All right. So let's talk a little bit about how do you prepare your clients for, for their workout? All right. So, of course, cool. I want to give a quick example. When I was in high school, right, football practice, immediately as soon as we get out there, we got our helmets on. And they're having us do these static stretches, right? Like we're touching the toes. We're grabbing our, our helmets and stretching our necks, right? Just like I love it. we just left. I just left science uh. class and I'm, <laughs> now I'm out here like pulling my neck apart. Is that a good idea? You know, and a lot of times, like seriously, a lot of times, most practices, somebody got a quote stinger, right? Like this charged energy down your neck. It feels terrible. Yeah. You know, so I'm curious, is that the way we should be going about things right out the gate? You know. Yeah. So for most people, I would say no. I mean, I've had people come into me that are, you know, might be incredibly deconditioned to where even um, loading them up with too many exercises, it's just going to be too much. So a workout for them might be very simple. So yeah, I might spend 15, 20 minutes going through some, um, you know, uh, you know, movement, movement-based exercises, more of dynamic stretching. I mean, if they're so frozen that we have to focus on static stretching early on, that probably means I'm not going to be doing much more after that. But for the typical clientele, what I like to do is this. I like to bring them in here. I like to have them elevate their feet, focus on some belly breathing for about five minutes, make sure the ribs are in a good position, just kind of start getting their mind right. I might go into another five minutes of foam rolling. And that's something they can do before they even see me. You know, after that, we're spending probably five minutes on a dynamic warm-up. Um, I like to take everyone through something called a jump throw carry. So I have them do some type of jump some type of throw and some type of carry if their bodies have earned the right to do it. And at that point, depending on their goals, I will run them through some type of a strength component. Um, if they're trying to drop body fat, it might be some sort of a strength circuit where the, the heart rate's elevated a little bit. And um, towards the end of the workout, I might have them do some energy systems, which is more their conditioning, where, you know, it's just a fancier word for some HIIT training um, at the end of the workout. But, you know, even when they're on their own, you know, I'm looking at their day-to-day -day lifestyle. I'm looking at their job and I'm not always throwing people into HIIT training. You know, it's not always the best decision. I mean, HIIT training, you know, when you look at the science, well, it's HIIT, steady state, HIIT, steady state. What burns more fat? You know, even if a pit, which scientifically has been shown to potentially burn some more fat, it might not be, my body might be too taxed by doing HIIT training with my lifting program that I'm doing and the fact that I'm waking up every morning at between four and five in the morning. So steady state might be more of a restorative a right. form of cardio where I could still burn that body fat. I'm keeping my heart rate between 120 and 150 beats a minute and my body's sweating and still moving, but I'm coming back the next day feeling better, not necessarily feeling worse. Mm. So good, so good. And guys, he just laid out a great protocol. Like he just laid out a program yeah. for free. I gave you the program. You know, <laughs> this is like a million dollar guy here, you know, for free. Just it's, it's right there. But you also said, uh, re restore. So let's now talk about the recovery process, right? Workout just wrapped. Do you, you know, you just finished your last rep. Do you immediately just go get in your car? What, what should no, we be doing? No. 
you know, in, in my wish list, I think the I think the muscles are warm now, and I think what we can do now is if you want to throw some static stretching in, I have no problem at that point in throwing some in. But again, taking a little bit more of approach and really focusing on belly breathing, focusing on two birds at one stone, killing two birds at one stone, and getting almost relaxing into the stretch a little bit. Um, I feel like if it's if it's good sound programming, your flexibility is really going to be built into a lot of those good movements you're doing, and you're going to notice that your body's going to be moving and feeling pretty good. But um, just because someone can do a split doesn't necessarily mean that they have you know good functioning joints and good functioning you know good functioning muscles. Um, I always say there's a difference between flexibility and mobility. Flexibilities. Um, earning that ability to be able to get in a position, but mobility is actually being able to control through those positions. And I've gotten clients in here that are so flexible and so gumpy that they can end up hurting themselves. So we actually have to add stability to the body. So it's stretching isn't for everyone. Mm. I don't know why I was thinking about Jean-Claude Van Damme when you said that about the split <laughs> immediately. Like I thought about that. He owns them. He owns them. I love it. Good for you. I love it. Man, this is such good stuff. And you've mentioned several times uh, throughout this uh, episode about deep belly breathing. All right, you've said this several times. Let's talk a little bit more about that because I'm assuming a lot of folks don't hear that coming from their trainer. Yeah, you know, it's um, I've learned from a few, actually, a few of my team around here, a few of my coaches that drive that um, you know, our bodies get tight from sitting, and you'll really notice on people that they get this flared rib cage. So a lot of individuals are walking around with this 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 upright posture of trying to stick their chest out, but their ribs are flared, and that's something that I've been paying really close attention to. And I've noticed that by really learning how to breathe into my belly, um, you know, get my nervous system to calm down, expand almost a really deep pelvic floor breathing, I've noticed that my mobility has improved drastically just from mm. breathing, breathing itself because my body's in a better position to move. And um, I think that's really important. So the reason why I like a couple minutes of breathing beforehand is because now we're getting the body and the ribs set into a good position that when we're requiring it to move, it's going to do it with more ease. Mm, I love it. And then the post breathing yeah. is wow. And by the way, as soon as you talked about the breathing, I know people's attention went to their breathing, right? Everybody in the room as well. Like, how am I breathing? Don't breathe. Yeah. Don't breathe into your chest, breathe into your belly. And, and you just asked a great, great question. The, the post exercise breathing. We just spent that last hour, whatever, half an hour, call it what you want, getting that body jacked up, getting it sympathetic. You know, you're probably taking a little caffeine before your workout, a little pre-workout. And then after the workout, we want to get the body to heal as quickly as possible. And that's called getting the body to restore and getting it parasympathetic. So one of the ways we do that is through breathing. Right. And I know if you even just laid on the ground on your, on your back, close your eyes, maybe put your iPhone on your belly and just started breathing on your belly and feeling that expand for five minutes, the, rec the restorative process is going to get so much better. It's almost a, a little bit of a meditative process. Yeah. And um, you're going to, you're going to notice that your body's going to heal and recover so we can come back and, and repeat it the next day. I love that. We got a physical cue he added of placing something on your belly, you know, and man, that's really, really good. I like that. And also guys, uh, when you, when you think about this process, again, everybody here immediately and everybody listening, you probably became aware of your breathing. And the question is, was I not breathing before you were, we're breathing, but we're probably breathing shallow. It's kind of something that happens today, just the stress involved. And it's part of what we call our autonomic nervous system. And so autonomic sounds like automatic. And so this is tied in also with your heart beating, with your digestion. 
and you don't beat your heart or you don't control your digestion. And by the way, you don't want that. You don't want that responsibility, right? But the crazy thing is that the way we're designed, we can consciously control our breathing, even though it's part of that autonomic nervous system. We can grab the steering wheel on that. And why is that? Is because being able to manipulate and change your breathing can immediately change your state, can change your hormones, can change your neurotransmitters. And so we talked about shifting from the sympathetic, which is the kind of fight or flight, right? Quote, fight, fight or flight, to parasympathetic, which is this, quote, rest and digest nervous system. So the recovery process from that training, getting the most out of that, as he shared, starts as soon as the workout is over, right? Don't run out the door and go to Shake Shack or whatever. I just made that. I don't know if that's a place. It probably is a place, isn't it? Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so that's that's really the key, guys. So super valuable stuff. Now, having you here and you being, you know, even if you're reluctant about being the the superhero and the expert that you are, there are still certain qualities that you carry that have set you apart and have enabled you to make the impact that you've made and to enable you to have the clientele that you have. So I wanna talk about you personally. I wanna talk about what you feel. I want you to give me three, three qualities that you've cultivated in yourself that have enabled you to make the impact that you're making. You know what, the first one that comes to mind is that I know I'm you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very empathetic to the client. And, w- and when I say that, it's not that I'm a sap. It's just that I, I, I'm very, I'm very in tune with what they want, what they need. And for me, it's not about coming in and training them for the, for the hour. The hour is the easy part. It's, yeah. it's really trying to add value to things in their life that are, is going to make the whole process a lot easier. So I think Probably the one thing that I'm the best at, and I'll pat myself on the back for, am I the smartest guy in the room? Absolutely not. No way. But I think when it comes down to looking at the client walking in, for some reason, I feel like I have the ability to almost connect with them and understand what they need that given day. And whether they're, listen, they're not always in great moods. You know, they may have had a problem at home. Like things aren't always dandy with these people that I'm working with. They're human beings also. So I think understanding what what adjustments I have to make with the program according to what they need is, is something that I really, really excel with. Um, otherwise that I would just say passion. I mean, I I'm, I'm so passionate even 18, 19 years later, you know, I, I've developed this incredible performance facility in downtown New York city, but this, the ability to continue to learn and even improve my body at 40 years old and just continue to become better at what I do overall um, is, is another thing that I'm, I'm almost proud of myself for. Otherwise, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just doing what I'm doing. I mean, but I know the man upstairs put me on earth to, uh, to do what I'm doing right, right now. Someone asked me the other day, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? I said, I'd be dead. I said, I don't know what the hell else I'd be doing. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really blessed. Wow. That's incredible, man. So, I, again, I was not expecting that first answer of empathy. The passion is clear, but the empathy, I think it's like, that's, that's, a, that's a secret superhero uh, strength that you have, yeah. you know, and being able to see that. And it just, it makes sense in translating over. So all of us, everything that he's already talked about that he's described, these things are not inherent. These things are also skills you can develop, right? And so you developing empathy, I want to talk a little more little bit more about that. Um, how, how do you feel? Is it just by putting in the hours, right? By seeing people, how do you feel you've been able to develop more empathy? You know, I'm not saying I necessarily develop more. I think I've just always had it. I I, I think I'm, I'm recognizing that, you know, the individual has a job to do on that given day, but 
they're human beings also. And it can't always be this approach of, all right, Rocky, let's go put your foot to the floor, kill it, kill it, kill it. Um, I, I've, I've developed a very simple philosophy when it comes down to when I work with people and it's no matter what they're leaving there feeling better than they did when they came in. Mm. And, you know, that could mean through the training that could mean just kind of putting your arm around them and saying, listen, you're, you're doing great. Let's keep it going. I mean, this is really just more than getting someone, you know, red carpet ready. You know, this is, this is about, you know, really truly caring about them and their lives and, um, figuring out a way to solve a lot of their problems. You know, sometimes they might have issues with how they're, you know, moving serious issues or there might be specific surgeries that they might need. And, you know, I'm on the phone with my team from hospital special surgery and I might be taking a trip up with them to get an MRI done and we might be turning the MRI report over within only a couple hours where typically it would take in New York City weeks. So for them, to, for you to kind of ride that process with them, one of my, one of my really close clients, he's on the PGA Tour, Morgan Hoffman, he just was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy at 26 years old. It's a very rare form that he has. And I've been going through that process with him for about four or five years. I can't even tell you how many tests I've gone to him where they were nerve testing and endocrinologists and MRIs where we were sitting there with him for three hours in the MRI chamber. And it's like, you can't expect to get paid for this stuff. You shouldn't want it. This is part of you loving and doing what you do is giving back for others and helping them figure it out because there is nothing – there's no better feeling than watching someone accomplish their goals in life. Yeah. I mean, hands down. If you're a good person and when you're sitting there at a premiere and you're watching your guy or your girl on the screen and they got their shirt off and the crowd's going nuts and I'm sitting there going, you know, I didn't do all the work, but I definitely helped with this. Like I, I get choked up or if I'm watching my player play a really good event or he's in a professional game or she and watching them excel and succeed, you're watching them live out their dreams. And the fact that you can have a part in that is it's one of the reasons why I'm in love with what I do. Oh man. So, so good. So on that note, what are you excited about coming up? You know, you've been putting in some work, you've been, uh, you know, you even started a new show that we'll talk about in a second, but what are you, what are you yeah. really like pumped about that's coming up for you? I'm really excited about digital. So I, I launched it. I launched a digital platform. Um, I joined a team called Playbook. I owned my own digital company probably about six years ago. Uh, did some deals with guys like Dwayne Wade and Adrian Peterson and um, exited from that and just focused on my brick and mortar. But just recently, I, I came out with a digital product and it's a monthly subscription. And it's finally the way that I could turn around and give the programming and the nutritional advice and just the overall health and wellness advice. Um, to people living all over the world. So for me to be able to give something that is like bone cheap, um, it's a monthly subscription and be able to give that interaction, that same interaction and customer service for me is incredible. So that's called, that's called, it, it's called playbook. It's an app called playbook. It's under my name, Don Saldino. And for me, that's been really a lot of fun because finally I could turn around and take everything I've been working on the last two decades and deliver it to, uh, to anybody. So that's, the, that's the number one biggest thing I, I joined uh, with a company called garden of life. It's an all organic non GMO company. We came out with a, my, a sport line, which I helped create, which is doing really well. And I'm, I'm really proud of that. Um, Otherwise, that's continuing to build my club, a uh, food company that I joined with called Epicured. We're doing meal delivery service um, and uh, another clothing company called Grace. And so I got my hands in some different things. But uh, but the bread and butter right now for me is Drive 495 and it's um, Garden of Life and obviously my, uh, my, uh, my uh, playbook. Perfect, perfect. And by the way, Drive 495, so that's your gym 
in NYC. Yeah. And um, guys, listen, if you can get involved with what Don is doing, because, you know, he's truly, truly a world changer. Thank you. And uh, by the way, when this comes out in a few weeks, you know, if you guys are checking this out when it's first released, you're going to be able to go to the theaters and see some of Don's work in his in his superheroes who, who have got movies coming out. So let's talk a couple a little bit about those movies that are coming out soon. So uh, Ryan Reynolds is launching Deadpool. Uh, I was just with him this morning and uh, was talking to him about we're trying to figure out when it's premiering, but I should be at the premiere with him in New York. Really excited about that. Sebastian Stan um, has got, uh, you know, he stars as the Winter Soldier. You know, he plays Bucky and, uh, you know, his character I know has been changing a little bit. Um, but uh, his movies are coming out just around the same time. So this is really kind of going to turn into superhero month this this yeah. next month. Um, a lot of other people that I'm working on some fun projects with, you know, actors like Billy Crudup or Liev Schreiber. I work with him. Ray, Ray Donovan. I was with him this morning. Um, and these are people that are just kind of doing their thing and they're continuing to be great at their craft. Blake Lively, another one. Um, but all, you know, all the actors I'm working with, you know, they're, they're in, they're out. They've got all these great, exciting projects. It's just funny to be able to kind of ride on their coattails a little bit and, and, uh, and, and go through that experience because it is special. Awesome. And it's just a testament to you and the quality of Thank human you. that you are. So final Thank question you. for you, man. What is the model that you're here to set with the way that you live your life personally? What's the example that you're setting with the way that you live your life personally? You know, don't disrespect your the human body you were, you were given, you know, it, it, it's, it's okay to do things in moderation. It's okay to enjoy life, have that ice cream, have that piece of pizza, that, that cocktail. But there is a line where this is too much. And if you start feeling very down about it, every time I'm running into people, they're always almost trying to justify, Oh my God, I'm not the same shape I'm in and this and that. And my, and my thing is, is that if you're feeling this way, if the first thing that you have to come to me and discuss is negative, then do something about it. But you might be surprised that's going to be a lot less effort to make a very big change than what you've been led on to. You don't need that rocky type approach to really start moving the needle. So my my advice and my prayer to everyone is this. Let's take one thing this next month, really a baby step, one thing that you're talking about. Let's take one thing that Sean's talking about that he's been preaching because he's so phenomenal at all, with all of his content. But try and implement that one thing into your life. And you know what? Don't go to the next thing yet till the second month. Slowly implement it. Make it habit. Um, let that that let that change marinate a little bit. Get really used to it so it doesn't feel so intrusive. And then by next month, we can jump into something else if you want to. But if you just take that approach, little bits here and there every month, God, by the end of the year, think about the change you're going to have made on your entire lifestyle. And I just I think it, it can't. It's got, we have to stop with this all or nothing approach. Perfect. Can you let everybody know where they can connect with you online? And you've got to let folks know about the new podcast you've got. I love it. Thank you, man. So. Uh, you can connect with me online. Uh, Don Saladino is my Instagram. Uh, that's my main channel. You know, I've got Facebook, I've got Twitter, but Instagram's the main one. So if you're going to go to one, it's Don Saladino's Instagram. Uh, Derek Hansen and I, who's an incredible sprint coach out of Vancouver, who I absolutely love. We started a podcast called D&D Radio, D&D Fitness Radio. Uh, we're a little baby podcast. We're only 13 episodes in with a few subscribers, so we're no, we're near my man Sean over here's, uh, you know, status. But uh, hopefully one day we can get someone like Sean on to kind of gracious with his presence but uh it's fun we discuss some good topics and um it's really been enjoyable for us so thank you perfect oh my goodness my man so of course everybody we're going to link everything up in the show notes for you i appreciate you immensely i appreciate your dedication i appreciate your willingness to be a lifetime student 
And I just appreciate your vibe, man. You're incredible. Thanks, brother. Right back at you, man. I feel the same way. Awesome. Awesome. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Listen, when we're talking about world class, we're talking about learning from the best of the best. That's what you're getting with Don. All right. So definitely make sure to check him out. And again, we'll link everything up in the show notes. Big takeaway for me today. Wow. When he said that no matter what, when the clients are coming in, no matter what, they're leaving here feeling better than when they came in. What if we made that the objective and how we live our lives, right? The people in our lives having been better just by being around you that day, right? And so the guys here in the studio with me, hopefully their day is better having been around me today and hang out with Don. I know it. They're smiling right now. He's got like a little half smile because he's got the Illuminati shirt on. All right. But anyways, everybody, I appreciate you immensely for tuning into the show. And listen, also keep in mind, this was another huge takeaway. Your body, when your body hasn't earned the right to do it. All right. We need to have some graceful on-ramps for people. And just pay attention. You don't have to do the fancy, like, crazy workouts you might see on, you know, uh, Instagram video or, you know, in a magazine or whatever the case might be. There are different versions and there are different on-ramps for people. We want to get you functional. We want to get you to the place where you can do those things. And keep in mind, though, chances are there's a lot that you can already do. And it's just about connecting with the right people and having the right approach so that you can get the proper on-ramp and get the goals, get hit the goals and get the results that are truly worthy of your greatness. I appreciate you so much for tuning into the show. If you got a lot of value out of this, make sure to share it out on social media, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Of course, you can tag me, tag Don, let him know how much you love the episode. And listen, I've got some incredible shows coming for you. So be ready, take care, have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.